0: No pressure <laughs> Well, today is sort of a special day in the life of, uh, of our teens and in the life of our children as we have sort of just been getting our legs under us and trying to figure out uh, trying to figure out what's what God is calling us to in this next season and where God is leading us and what's going to happen with all of that and so today as I've already sort of mentioned in our uh, in our announcements, we've started, to, I'm ringing, I'm sorry, um, we've started, uh, we've started our brand new programs, and we're getting moving in on things, we even had some uh, go ahead and be promoted, Promotion Sunday is usually earlier, but we weren't here earlier, so I mean, let, let me, I'm sorry guys, I'm going to embarrass you, I don't even have all of my group here today, but like, like Wesley, could you wave? Hi Wesley. There's Yana over there too. Yana, could you wave? This is what you have to look forward to: is me calling you out in the middle of a sermon. (laughs) Welcome to youth group. Um, But uh, it's always exciting for me to see that that movement of seeing people being handed off carefully from one group to the next as we've been working in and throughout their lives. So I'm excited about the next years coming up and watching all of this because you guys are probably excited to see it too. Most of these kids here that I've, I'm gonna use the word kids, and I don't mean anything by that, guys. I'm sorry. Um, But most of these kids have actually been here for a long time. Some of you I've talked to, you're having a hard time seeing them because you remember them when they were like, you know, the five-year-old terrors running around. and, And now they're just, you know, 12-year-old terrors running around, and it's actually, they're really great. I have to admit that. They're really great. Um, but it's fascinating to see and to watch and to look at the kids as they are moving from such a beginning stage, and as they grow and as they move on and as they are quickly becoming into adults, that it's, it's just exciting as a church to see. And so today I wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about why we take this so seriously and why we invest. But I want to start this with something that I'm going to have to explain later because as Pastor Sam just talked to you guys about, there was a significant amount of investment and prayer and things that went into this, uh, this desire to do something and revitalize our youth and our children's group. But I want to talk today a little bit about how a healthy and great youth and children's program Might be the worst thing for the church. And so if you've got your Bibles, (laughs) I'm not answering that yet. But if you've got your Bibles with with you, we are going to be reading out of one of my very favorite, favorite verses, especially when it comes to our kids and, and youth ministry. But we're going to be reading out of Psalm chapter 78. And it reads like this. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories that our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will not... We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power, about his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. I've used this verse, this passage here, as a foundation, as a standing point for anything that we've done with, with kids and youth, because this so eloquently talks about something, about a theme that we see throughout the scriptures. Even from the very beginning, you see these themes about the importance of children and the passing along of things are found throughout. They're part of God's plan. They're part of what he has been doing. He he is part of his grand plan for our family, for our church here. But as we go through here, I want to go back through and just talk about how each one of these things plays into what we are supposed to and are called to be as a church. Because that is what this is. This verse right here, this passage is a calling. If you read up forward just a little bit on this, at next to it may be in your Bible, it is in mine, but it says in chapter seventy eight that this is a psalm of Asaph, which is uh, he would have been a, another big psalmist, another big uh, almost worship director for David, and would have been with the Levites and would have been with. Uh, with the temple, and he would have been a big deal. And so when he would write something down, people would listen because he was kind of a big deal in this. But Asaph starts this, and it's different than some of the other psalms here. But he sits here, and he doubles down on this. And it looks really small, really simple, but it's important. He says, my people, listen. Listen to my instructions. And then he opens up again, he says, open your ears to what I am saying. I know sometimes we repeat ourselves, but in this, in a psalm, in what they were saying, if you repeated yourself, that was a really big stop, what you're doing. Have you ever talked to somebody and you could tell that their attention isn't quite there? And you go to them, hey, could you listen to me for a second? They may still be down on their phone, like, yeah, sure, what do you got? And you have to stop them and say, no, 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 listen to me. That's the extent of what Aesop is saying here. And he starts talking about these stories, these things that were handed down from generation to generation. He starts talking about these stories. He starts talking about these truths. He starts talking about this God that they, uh, they have given everything to, that they are so devoted to, and tells them that we have a duty. We have a duty to our children and their children. I love that song we just sang because it goes on with that to our children and their children and their children. There have to be there is a command in here. There's a command for us that speaks to each and every one of us because it says we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation. And so, what are we telling them? Quite simply, we're telling them the glorious deeds of the Lord about his power, about his wonders. We're telling him about who God is. At the very basic level, it sounds like that should be a given. But it's a reminder to each and every one of us that in our call here, it is our job, it is our role, each and every one of us, to tell the next generation about this God that we have served, that we have loved, that we have seen what he's done for us and in our lives. We have to tell them. I know so many times we think that they will just see and they will watch, and that's true. They will know so much just by watching you. And that's part of the call. But there is a call for us to actually hand down this knowledge to hand it down, not to hide these truths, we have learned so much. To not hand down these truths would be like watching your own child or somebody else making a mistake that you very clearly could have told them otherwise. It's like watching somebody, somebody on the street walking toward a manhole. And thinking to yourself, should I tell them that they're walking into a dangerous spot or should I just let them figure it out? Because maybe they'll figure it out. There's a call on us to actually go out and to call or to, uh, to teach. But it's not just for knowledge. It's not just for this head knowledge that we have, that we know who God is. Many people have gone through church from beginning to the, uh, from beginning of childrens all the way out and through teens and onto their adult lives, and they know so much, but that does not translate into their lives. There has to be a reason why we are transmitting this information. <laughs> he commanded our ancestors to teach these instructions to their children, so so the next generation might know them. So, the next generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting His miracles and obeying His commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Again, let me read that just one more time. We teach, we preach, we, we care about our kids. We pass on the knowledge, not just so that we can say we've done it, but so that they may know who God is, what God's done, what He continues to do. We teach Our kids, we teach our youth with the hope, with the prayer that they may not just know God, but that they may come into this beautiful connection and relationship that we have found. We teach in order so that they they may not just not know who God is, but they can be in that relationship with Him. And in turn, that what they've learned from us, that they pass to the next generation. And that what that generation learns, that they pass to the next. And so on and so forth. So far has it been since the very beginning from when God came down to us and revealed himself. From Abraham to Isaac to Jacob and onward. Because we've seen in the Bible, if you read, if you go through the whole story of it, you see this pattern. You see this pattern of generations when they're brought up and they're reminded and they're told and you will see the generations flourish and then they forget and then they go through a period of hardship and then they will find God again and then they will, they will flourish for a couple of generations and then they forget and then it fades down. You can see it all the way through the Old Testament into the New where it's a big, almost like a roller coaster of ways. With this roller coaster stemming from this one call, this particular call to tell the next generation, to bring them up, to show them who God is, to show them who He can be. We can see it all the way back. In the laws in Deuteronomy, we, if you went backwards and you could see what they did in their particular generation in their time period, they carried they cared it so much about about it that they would strap scriptures to their wrists. They would strap it uh, they would uh, strap it to their foreheads. They were commanded to talk about it in their comings and their goings. They were called to talk about it uh, in their evenings and when they sit down and when they any time that they were around the little ones. Called to be that handing off of this beautiful knowledge that we have. Which is exactly why youth and children's ministry can be one of the most dangerous things to a church. Not because I don't like doing it. Not because Pastor Jennifer doesn't like doing it, not because we're planning on doing anything particularly like we're not planning a coup here. we're not planning on rising up and taking this church for our, for ourselves and and, uh, and like and like using the teens and the kids to just run mock that's not what we're doing here, but a, even a well-run youth and children's ministry can be dangerous for a church, not because. Not because of what we teach. Not because of what we do. But because of the danger that comes along. With saying, well, our teens have a youth ministry. That's great. I wish them well. Our children have a, youth, have a, have a, uh, a children's ministry. That's great. I wish them well. And we can sit, I'm not trying to step on toes here, in all honesty. So I'm not speaking to anybody, I don't know you all that well yet, so I can't do that yet. But all I'm saying is, that in generality we can fall prey to this trap. That believes that even though, that because we have a youth ministry, because we have a children's ministry, that we don't have to do anything that we don't have to be involved, that we don't have to. They're being taken care of, and that's great, and we want to support that, and we want to make sure that, that, that we are supporting that. But can I tell you something, and I need you to hear this. They need you. They don't even know it yet. But they need you. Because the command that we have here in verse, in chapter 78 and throughout the rest of the scriptures is not to teach your, or to have a youth ministry or a children's ministry to make sure that they're teaching your kids, to make sure that the kids in the church are okay and they're learning. The call is on each and every one of us. A lot of times we like to think of, especially on promotion Sundays or or when we're talking about the next generation. It's our kids and our teams. They are the next generation. They're coming up. They're moving. And we like to think of our we like to think of that process as sort of being like, like a baton passing off, right? Like, we're going to run with the church for a while, we're going to do well, and then eventually our kids and our teens, they're going to get old enough, and eventually we're going to have to pass it off to them, right? We're looking behind, and we're going to pass it off, and as soon as they're ready, we're going to pass it off, and they're going to move past us and and continue on the race. It's a great metaphor, but it breaks down when you're talking about the church because in a relay race where you're running around and you're passing off a baton there's a reality that says that there is one group that's working at a time and they pass it off and then that group and then that person peels off and they don't have to do anything anymore and then the next group is running around and as soon as they pass the baton they don't have to do anything anymore so every time i i wanted to look through the scriptures here where you're talking about passing the baton or passing the torch i kept getting checked in my own spirit, and saying that that's not really what we do as a church. We don't pass batons. We kind of build houses. Now, I don't know about you guys. I I had, uh, I have. He's still alive. I have a dad that would bring me in on projects. Like, from the very youngest of ages. I can remember, not knowing what I'm doing, but literally hammering a nail into a board at probably like five. Had nothing to do with the actual project now. I realize that. But I thought I was helping. I thought I was helping in the moment. And he was there. I actually think he was working on the car. So I'm not sure how... <laughs> I was young. We're figuring it out. But I was there and I was hammering. And he was there and he was working. And we were talking and we were learning. As I grew up a little bit, I started to be a little bit more hands-on with him. And he started... He started to let me do more, and he would still be there. He'd still have the book. He'd still be watching, and he'd still be there as well. And now it's kind of fun for me as a parent because now I'm sort of switching off a little bit more. There can be three of us in the garage. It can be him, myself, and one of my kids, and I'm sort of doing the thing that's, that's like, okay, well, I'm teaching, showing them how to do something, while I'm sort of the one watching in the back while he is sitting there, speaking in as well. And it's kind of this interesting flow that we have. We're all working on the same project. We're all building up what it was together. It never was, and it never had to be, okay, well, you do this, I'm going to leave now. It's your turn. And then when you're done, you pass it to the next person. You pass it to the next person. There is a We are building something together as a people, as a church. And I don't even like saying the words that, I don't even like saying, hey, our kids are the church of the future. I don't even like saying our kids are the church of the now. Because our kids and our teens are part of this church. And they're going to need help. And it goes beyond just Sunday school teachers and and people to help out. They're going to need people to just come alongside them. To be a friendly face. To be a listening ear when they don't want to hear what their parents have to say. Or even their youth pastor. To be that friendly face, to be that connection. The one that showed them Jesus, I know it's kind of scary at times. Teens, I don't know if you know this, but you're scary. And the chuckles out there tell you that's true. They don't mean to be, by the way. They actually haven't bit me yet. But as a church, in what we do, and who we are, and what we want to be, and what we want to strive to be, is not just not just preparing the way and getting out of the way and not just making sure that we have the right ministries for them and getting out of the way. We are called to pass along that our children may know and that through that their children may know and then through that that their children may know. And so how do you do that? There's easy ways to do this. I'm going to give you three right now. Just one, two, three, boom. Number one, pray for our kids. Pray for our teens. They have to deal with so much more than you would ever have to even expect or imagine. And I am convinced, having done youth ministry here and there for the past 15 years, what they have to deal with now is way scarier than what they ever had to do. About 10, 15 years ago, and it's not getting better. Pray for your teens. Pray for our kids. Number two, very simply, be involved. It doesn't have to be much, but let our, let our kids know that you love them, and that you care for them, that you're there. That can be a smile. It can be a hi. It can be a how are you. It doesn't have to be much, but let them know you're there. Another way is just to invest in their spiritual journey. That might look like volunteering and helping out, because trust me, we need as much help as we can get. And it's a lot of fun. Or it can, it can also be something as Hands off as, as, our, um, as our fundraiser we're doing. To send our kids to one of the most meaningful spiritual conferences that they could probably go to. It's an investment in them. So there are ways we can do this, and there are different routes, but the only thing I want you guys to see and know and hear is that a youth ministry, a children's ministry, even a youth pastor and a children's pastor are not enough. They need you. And I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up as we move to a close here today. But I want to encourage and to challenge. And I want you to be, I want you to be uh, excited because there are amazing things happening. We are moving forward with some great things we're seeing Kids come up. I'm really excited. We're taking eight to NYC, which is a crazy amount. It's fantastic. We're starting our brand new youth ministry tonight or our youth group time tonight. Our kids are, doing, are starting quizzing. We have things coming. A lot of great things are happening. But I don't want you to be blinded by the good things that are happening. And forget that in all of this, we are building something together. And whether or not you think you have something to offer or not, our kids need you. And we are called to be the bearers of that knowledge for generation to generation to generation. Won't you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the gift and the responsibility that you've placed on us to bring up these next generations. And even as your scripture says here, not just the generations in front of us, but the ones that are still yet to come. Lord, this onus that you've placed on us to say don't let your story fall here, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would never let your your story leave, be left with us. Lord, I pray that you would give us those moments and those opportunities, that you would allow us to understand in each of our hearts our own need to be a part of this wonderful command that you've given us. And Lord, I pray a blessing today on our children and our youth. Lord, I pray that your spirit would fall fresh on them today, that they would not just hear and know the knowledge, that they would not just become uh, come united together in community, Lord, but that they would see and know you. And Lord, let that process start with us. We love you, and we so look forward to see what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we ask and we pray it. Amen. amen and a blessing as you leave may God bless you and keep you may he make his face shine upon you this week and may we go in the knowledge that he has put us in a beautiful place to be the ones that this next generation needs go in the peace of the Lord today You are dismissed.